Hello and welcome to another Tusk Talks Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Tusk, also known as Adam Chalk. And if you haven't listened to the podcast before, well, where the hell have you been? Forget your Russos, your Bischoffs, your Disco Infernos. What we do on here, unlike them, is give our honest opinions on the things we like or dislike. From all the goings-on in professional wrestling, from shows like Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, Rampage, as well as pay-per-views and some indie shows as well, as well as all the latest news headlines doing the rounds. I have so much to talk about on today's show, Um, so much good wrestling that has happened in the last few days. I'll try and not ramble on too much, but we do have a lot to go through. Later on, we'll talk about an awesome AWE Dynamite from last night. Uh, We'll also talk about NXT Heatwave. But first, we are going to go back to Monday night when Monday Night Raw happened. And this new Triple H era is well and truly underway. And I thought once again, this was a decent TV wrestling show. Not everything was great, but there was a lot more good than there were bad, which is a nice thing to say about WWE, really, because we haven't been able to say that in such a long time. I'm going to run through what happened and talk about the things that I feel like deserve to be talked about, good or bad. So let's get into it then, shall we? The Judgment Day started off the show, and they are actually winning me over now, to be quite honest. They cut a promo on the Mysterios and Edge. Uh, Rare Ripley, who looks like to be loving life right now, says that they run Raw. and uh, She destroyed Dominic's soul last week. Finn Balor says he doesn't understand why everyone loves the Mysterios. Personally, I don't think everyone loves both of them, but I won't bury Dom this week as... It's probably a bit unfair as you want even on the show. Uh, Damien Priest says he's going to retire Edge in Toronto next week. And then Rey Mysterio turns up behind them and attacks them. But he just ends up getting beaten up. And Balor and, uh, delivered a coup de grace on, on Rey who had a chair laid on him as well. I thought this was a great opening segment. Um... I love the fact that the one baby face didn't have the three heels backing off up the ramp. And instead the numbers game actually meant something. Uh, this is the the thing that the mythical casual fan can watch and understand. Everyone knows three people against one, three people are probably going to win. So a good start from WWE in this. We then have a women's tag team match in this tournament thing for the titles. And it was Asuka and Alexa Bliss versus Nikki, A.S.H. and Dewdrop. And this was a match of two halves for me. Uh, This all started a bit too... How do I describe it? Probably WWE-ish is the best way to go about it for me. Uh, very basic, but you could also see them working out what was meant to come next, especially when Alexa Bliss and Nikki Ash were in the ring. 
But the second half of the match was much, much better. Uh, Dewdrop looked really good, I thought. And I hope they do uh, do something with her. Build her up to being a monster heel, if that's the way they want her to go. Because I think there's great potential there. Get that fucking child's Halloween costume off Nikki A.S.H. right now. I'm sick of seeing it on my TV now. It looks crap. Let her go back to what she was in NXT, I would say. Um, Asuka and Alexa Bliss as a team doesn't really make any sense to me. But I think it is leading to something between them, maybe a feud at some point. So we'll just see and let it play out. Not sure why they cut to Dana Brooke and Tamina during this match, though, as they've already been eliminated from the tournament last week. Uh, that was a bit weird. I forgot to mention that Bianca Belair was in the corner of Asuka and Alexa Bliss for this match, and they had a stare down with Bailey and her group at the end of it all in the entrance way, which did make their match at Clash at the Castle feel like a bit of a big deal, so good job again. The Miz and Champa then had a great tag team match against a new teaming of Cedric Alexander and Mustafa Ali. I really like this match, and I really like that new team of Alexander and Ali, and I hope they are going to appear more together on Raw. There's definitely something in them as a tag team. Um, yeah, decent match. The finish of this was awesome, as Ali went for his 450 splash, but instead he, he just got smashed in midair with a running knee from Champa. Champa then hit the fairy tale ending to win the match. Personally, I would like to see Champa away from the Miz, but it is um, if it's sort of done now, then everybody will be saying it's too early. So I'm sure it will happen at some point. Hopefully, they get that right. I'm hoping you don't hear the uh, squeaky chair that I'm sat on at the moment if you do I apologise I'll try and not move around too much um, back to Raw we then are shown a photo of Ezekiel laid in a hospital bed surrounded by his family uh, it was almost like that scene the Thanksgiving dinner in the Nutty Professor where everybody is Eddie Murphy um, everybody there was Elias, Ezekiel, whoever you want to call. This so stupid, but also so great. I love this. Um, I don't know where they're going to go from it. We'll see, I guess. <clears throat> Drew McIntyre then walked by a bin that's on fire as he heads to the ring. And he cuts a promo... He talks up winning the title at Clash of the Castle. He brings up potential matches with the likes of Champa, AJ Styles, Seth Rollins, Karrion Cross. If he had left someone off that list, and that person was Kevin Owens, who then interrupts them. He says that Drew doesn't know who he is, 
but he knows who he is. He says that it's time to bring back the prize fighter. He sends a warning to every champion in WWE that they are all now a target. Uh, Drew gets pissed off and gives a passionate reply. Um, he says he doesn't care if he's a prize fighter, sports entertainer. They are wrestlers in a wrestling ring, so let's wrestle. Uh, before I go on and talk about the match which happened after this, uh, I did like this promo segment, but I did think the original sort of early Drew promo bit was a little bit corny, and I hate the whole let me hear you scream thing that he does. I, I really don't like that. Um, also, just shouting variations of wrestlers is a bit on the nose for me. Other than that, this is fine. We did then get Drew McIntyre versus Kevin Owens. And this was an incredible match with two incredible pro wrestlers. Reminding everyone how good they are. Kevin Owens especially looked great. And then we get that finish. Because the WWE just cannot help themselves. With the Usos attacking Drew McIntyre at the end. Causing a DQ. Uh, I don't think anyone needed this or wanted it. And once again, tag team champions look weak and stupid because Drew left them laying in the end. <sighs> don't don't keep doing this to your tag team champions. It's bad. We then had the segment which was meant to be an update on the injury of Riddle. But Seth Rollins comes out. And says he wanted to come out for um, Riddle talking from his mum's basement and telling us all that he's retiring. Riddle comes on screen and says, actually, he's medically cleared. And the next time he sees him, it is on. Seth says he doesn't care because he's three steps ahead. And it's a shame that he isn't there tonight because he would stomp him into the mat of Kent. Riddle says... That's funny you say that because he's in the arena. He sprints to the ring and a mad brawl breaks out. Two things on this. You wouldn't have to have spent years learning how to be a detective to realise Riddle was definitely at the arena and not at home. And no matter how many lava lamps you put in the shot, could fool you uh, but the actual brawl was pretty good I thought it was shot well um, there's good action in it looking forward to this match at Clash of the Castle Fear Mahan then squashed the guy and I completely forgot Fear even existed if I'm honest we then had the United States Championship match between champion Bobby Lashley and challenger AJ Styles. And for the life of me, I cannot work out why this wasn't the main event. Uh, they advertised it throughout the show as if it was going to be. Hyped it up and then it was in the middle of the, the show. Anyway, a really good match. Uh, I think they're doing a great job with Bobby as champion, which I didn't expect, to be honest. 
but he's having great matches. Uh, AJ bounced around like a man-man for him as well. We did maybe have too much shenanigans going on um, outside of the ring. Miz and Champa coming down. And, of course, Dexter Loomis jumping over the barricade, looking like he had information to pass on or something. Um, I hope this isn't drawn out too long with Dexter Loomis, because it could get a little bit boring. Uh, I am happy to let it play out and see where it goes, I suppose. Yeah, good work by everybody. Um, Good work by Lashley and Styles. Lashley retained... Not sure who he now faces at Clash of the Castle, if anybody, I suppose, but we'll see. Dakota Kai then beat Dana Brooke in a quick match, but Kai did look great. I think she's going to kill it on the main roster. We then did have the main event. Um, For me, which had no right to be a main event. It was Fury versus Dolph Ziggler. I understand the intent to try and establish Fury as a main eventer, but not sure this really did it. Um, Look, this is a decent match. A good match, actually. But both guys' stock has fallen so much. And they need to do more to rebuild them both. If they're going to put them at the top of the card... I don't think people really care enough about either man. And if Theory is the next guy, which I don't think he is, I think it will be a failed cash-in, personally. Or, or even somebody takes a briefcase off him, maybe. Not sure who they would go with for that, but but if if he is the man, they need to rebuild him pretty quickly. Uh, But yeah, so another decent Raw with no rematches and um, the Reigns being released a little bit uh, so the workers can sort of go out and express themselves. Um, As I said last week, I wasn't getting to the end uh, of this show and thinking, Jesus Christ, three hours is way too long. I was kind of hooked all the way through. Um, and it shows that three hours can work as long as the action is good enough. Uh, we are also getting a clear view of who Triple H's guys are going to be going forward. People like Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Karrion Cross, and others. I do worry for some of the guys in NXT though, which is a pretty good segue for me into the next show that I'm going to review. That is NXT Heatwave. And the reason I say I worry for some of them is the fact that a lot of them in NXT have no previous wrestling experience. Um, They were athletes or sports people. Um, So I don't know how many of them really fall under the requirements that Triple H will look for. Uh, Only time will tell. I think there are guys there that will get chances. Yeah, be interesting to see how NXT looks in sort of six months' time. 
But as I said, NXT Heatwave did happen on Tuesday night. And this wasn't wasn't bad, to be honest, as a developmental TV special. Uh, I wasn't really blown away by anything, but I certainly didn't hate lots of it. There are a few things that didn't look great and things that made no sense at the time, but have become a little bit clearer today. But we'll go into it a bit more as we go along. The first match was Giovanni Vinci versus Carmelo Hayes for the North American Championship. And this was... I don't know, this felt way too rushed, to be honest. Uh, Vinci is great, though, and looked the better of the two. He was seemingly trying to get in his sort of highlight reel of everything that he can do here. And would have been great, but he's meant to be a heel, and that was another issue with this match, to be honest, as both guys were heels. And that dynamic never works for me. Only in very, very rare cases. And it's a real shame, because I really like both guys. Um, I was expecting a lot more from this. Just on Carmelo Hayes as well, although I... Love the act, him alongside Trick Williams. Um, i got to be honest, he isn't as good as all the hype tells you that he is. He seems to be prone to errors in the ring, which we're seeing a lot of at the moment in Kamala Hayes' matches. Um, but look, he hasn't been wrestling long, I don't think. I'm not entirely sure how long it has been, but um, it does just show there is work there to be done with him. The finish of this, though, was awesome. When Hayes reversed a powerbomb into a Frankensteiner, he picked up the win and retains his North American Championship. After a few backstage segments, including one from Von Wagner, who, by the way, still sucks, uh, Diamond Mind come out to the ring uh, Julius Creed talks about having the chance to learn from Roderick Strong and they have managed to work their way up to becoming NXT Tag Team Champions he says that someone's been trying to bring down Diamond Mine and he wants to call them out right now Roderick Strong uh, Strong gets pissed off and denies everything and Believes in them. Uh, Julius says that he knows Strong will stab him in the back and shows him a video of Strong seemingly working with Tony D'Angelo. As the Creeds and Kemp sort of back him up into the corner, Gallus from NXT UK show up and attack Diamond Mine as well as Roddy Strong and leave them laying. I like Julius Creed here. Uh, and I think it was a bit of a standout moment for him on the mic. I think he's going to be a major star in WWE, in my opinion. And the attempt at storytelling was great. And I think if AEW did this, we would all be praising it. So when NXT does it, I think they deserve the credit. My issue with this is Gallus 
Look, personally, I'm not a fan of them. Uh, I find them very boring. Joe Coffey is the better of the three, but still not really someone I'm that bothered about watching. Um, Wolfgang, I think, is is boring. Same as Mark Coffey. Um, and later on in the show, they get a match made uh, against Briggs and Jensen. And, you know, I just cannot think of a match... I want to watch less than this one. Uh, the crowd didn't give a shit about them either. Our next match was Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. And this was decent. Right up to the point they made Roxanne Perez look like a complete idiot at the finish. Uh, Roxanne Perez is the perfect baby face. But ah, they made her look so stupid at the end of this. Um, the whole looking at your hands why am I so violent bullshit I hate it um, it's such a shame because it was going reasonably well uh, don't you'd think Roxanne Perez is somebody that you couldn't really fuck up in that baby face role it kind of felt like they did though here I really like Cora Jade in this heel role though uh, I didn't think it would work when she first turned but I was wrong it seems to suit her perfectly but another match that I'm thinking oh what a shame this could have been great we then had a street fight between Tony D'Angelo and Santos Escobar and if Santos loses this one he's gone from NXT and spoiler alert that's exactly what happened. Uh, the match itself was quite good. Or, or good fun, anyway. Um, maybe not good, but I enjoyed it. Uh, there was probably a bit too much going on around ringside with Stax and Legado. Which even the camera didn't pick up on. Uh, but I thought Escobar was good in this um Probably the best I've seen him work. Or the most fluid, anyway, I've seen him work. Uh, I think he'll do well on the main roster. I'm guessing that's where he's headed. I don't know if it's the whole group heading up there. I kind of hope it is, because I think... Um, Cruz and Wild certainly deserve their chance to show how good they can be. Uh, Tony D still needs quite a bit of work to be quite honest but in saying that I do think he's the guy they're going to get to dethrone Bron Breaker later on in the year is that the right decision I don't know next we had the match of the night for me and it was Zoe Stark versus Mandy Rose for the NXT Women's Championship I thought this was a really decent match um, as he told the story around that rehab knee of Zoe Stark uh, as Mandy kept attacking it all pretty basic but sometimes you know what the basics absolutely work um, again nothing that I'm really going to remember from this but it was good in the moment 
I like the finish as well after uh, Manny Rose hit a, her uh, running knee, which didn't put Zoe away first off. She took that metal knee brace off of Zoe Stark's injured knee, put it on her own, and smashed her with a running knee again to win the match. Good stuff. I don't think Mandy Rose gets the credit that she deserves. Because um, I think her matches have been great recently, but I suppose it doesn't help her being in Toxic Attraction. She are kind of seen as just there because of their looks. I don't think that's fair. Maybe she needs to move away from them. Maybe they'll do that. I don't know. Uh, Zoe Stark, on the other hand, needs to be on the main roster because she could do some really great things on Raw or SmackDown. She's fantastic. Our main event was the NXT Championship match between Bron Breaker and JD McDonough. And although most of this was performed reasonably well, but for a few little mistakes in there, I have to be honest, I got really bored watching this. I don't need to see Bron Breaker going for more than sort of 8 to 10 minutes. And I definitely don't need to watch him selling for that long. Uh, he needs to be going in, wrecking dudes, and that's about it. Um, that's what he's built for, and that's when he's great. I also really hated the finish as well. JD McDonough just sort of standing up and smiling, asking for one more spear, and then just getting it. Uh, I thought it was crap. And I really hate this JD McDonough character. Um, I kind of don't... I don't know what his role is going to be in NXT, but I hope it's not in this main event. After the match, though, Tyler Bate shows up as the United Kingdom champion. Even though the match he actually wins the title in hasn't even been aired on TV yet. <sighs> he goes face-to-face -face with Bron Breaker, seemingly setting up Worlds Collide. Um, obviously, the thing with the title is so bad. From a company that should be so much better than this. But the thing that bothered me even more. Was. Tyler Bate looked like shit. He is in his mid 20s. And he looked old and scruffy. And actually no one that showed up on this show from NXT UK. Looked good at all. Um, Gallus just looked like three guys that wandered in off the street. Blair Davenport didn't scream star. And Tyler Bate just looked like a bum. So bad. Um, at the time of watching this as well, I couldn't really understand why the guys from the UK were there. But it has come out today that NXT UK is being cancelled. Um... And a lot of wrestlers have been released. Um, there are plans for an NXT Europe. I think next year is what they're saying. 
I don't know if this is necessarily a surprise because I don't think that many people watch NXT UK. I certainly haven't really kept up with it. Maybe if there's uh, a Mako Satamora match or something like that, I've I've kind of tuned in for that. Just watch that match. But it's a shame to see some very talented people being released. Uh, people such as Millie McKenzie, Mark Andrews, and loads more. And I hope they all fall on their feet and kill it wherever they go. Especially Millie McKenzie, because I think she's a really special talent. She's young. I think any company um, that want to build women up to something should be looking at her. I think she will be great wherever she goes. Um, yeah, that was NXT. Like I said a de- decent show. Without, you know, I'm I'm not gonna sit here in. Even next week, I'm probably not gonna remember much of this. Actually, I I, I kind of forgot to mention it. Then Grayson Waller had a. He was only on screen for a couple of minutes. He. uh got interviewed backstage I thought he was so good and I was a bit of an arsehole about him if I'm honest when he first showed up I thought he's a disrespectful twat and I hated his gimmick I hated him he has won me over big time and I think he's one of the best characters in NXT right now um He's now got a chat show which is going to be debuting next week. The Grayson Waller effect. And I'm looking forward to it. Right, let's move companies and go to the show of the week so far. And talk about AW Dynamite from last night. Because AW were back to their brilliant best last night for me. Uh, the card was stacked to begin with, which probably helped with the hype that I already had. Um, but let's get into it a little bit. It started off with something that they don't usually do very often, and that was have a promo segment. CM Punk came out and first uh, buries Hangman Adam Page. He challenges him to a rematch. Um, But of course he isn't there. Um, Punk says that's not cowboy shit, it's coward shit. And he demands an apology from him. Uh, He then moves on to John Moxley. He calls Moxley second best. And says he's the third best wrestler in his group. Which is something that he's used to. He then has a go at Eddie Kingston, calling him the third best Eddie that he's been in the ring with. Uh, John Moxley's music hits, but Punk mocks how long Moxley is taking to get to the ring by doing Snow Angels and singing his entrance theme. Um, Moxley gets in the ring, he takes a piss out of Punk dropping pipe bombs. He says, Punk thinks that the mic in his hand means power, but... In the real world, it doesn't mean shit. 
Just like this interim title, it means shit until he beats Punk. There are more insults being thrown either way, and then just a mad brawl breaks out uh, before security run out and pull them apart. What a fantastic opening segment this was. So good. The promo from Punk, although he was being an arsehole, was excellent. Uh, the retort from Moxley was just as good. Uh, this rivalry already feels red hot in, what, one week? And it already feels like the biggest match in AEW history. Even though it probably isn't, really, but it just feels like it. It is being reported that Punk sort of went into business for himself with the Adam Page bit, which wasn't a part of the script, apparently. Now, I'm not sure how true that is. Um, but it is interesting, nonetheless. You know, I'm going to lump all this together and we'll talk about all the segments together because later on in the show, Tony Nese was coming out for a match, but he gets nailed in the back by John Moxley, who comes out and says he isn't waiting for All Out and calls out CM Punk for a match right now. Uh... Punk comes out and they get at it again. you got Claudio Castagnoli and Wheelie Utah trying to calm Moxley down. And these brawls were brilliant. Uh, they felt 100% real, even if, obviously, it wasn't and they were worked. Um, they were literally trying to rip each other apart rather than just a few fake uh, punches being thrown. But I, I thought this was excellent. Um, and then later on, we get the announcement that the title match is now going to take place next week and not at All Out. I am amazed at that announcement, personally. Um, but also, I think it's great. It makes me salivate at what the bigger thing that they've obviously got planned for all out is what do they do i mean there's there's talk that maybe the match gets a uh, a, a non finish but this is AEW rarely see that um maybe somebody gets involved and it builds from there maybe the match doesn't happen and they I do actually have the match at All Out. I'm, again, don't think that's the case. Um, there is a man with three letters in his name that I really hope plays some part in all of this. I just can't wait for next week. I think it's going to be great. I don't know what's going to happen. And I love that about professional wrestling. I want to quickly just put over the backstage promo from Powerhouse Hobbs which came next he was really great in this promo um, another guy that's going to be a massive star we then get the 2 out of 3 falls match between Brian Danielson and Daniel Garcia uh, Chris Jericho was on commentary for this as well and I could talk for ages about this match um but I still couldn't do it justice, I don't think, because this was so damn good. 
Daniel Garcia wins the first four after looking like he had knocked out Brian Danielson with just the sickest looking pile driver I've ever seen. And this is why Danielson is the very best at all of this because it looked like he had sort of gotten himself in the wrong position, um, was about to break his neck, a bit like the um, Owen Hart pile driver that he did to uh, Steve Austin years ago. It looked like he was about to break his neck, but just at the very last minute, tucked his chin and it was all done really safely obviously I cannot remember the last time I saw a pile driver that made me wince and really fear for the guy that was taking it it was incredible the feeling I got from that, just that one move uh, Garcia then locked in the dragon sleeper that also looked great uh, he picked up the first four Danielson won the second four with a roll-up and won the match using the LaBelle lock eventually. During the match, there were so many great spots. Danielson got DDT'd on the concrete floor, which is great considering we all know the concussion issues that Danielson has had. There was a spot which I think happened in picture-in-picture when uh, Garcia was doing the Danielson kicks to the chest but Danielson was doing these yoga poses through it. Ah, awesome. If if you don't watch it on fight like I do, go and try and find this because I thought it was excellent. And Danielson put over Garcia in the same way that Moxley put over Wheeler Utah. Um Both guys bled together, which I think is going to mean a lot in the future. I also love what happened after the match as well. Uh, first of all, Daniel Garcia sold being knocked out brilliantly. Uh, Danielson got the fans to cheer for Garcia and the fans chanted, you're a wrestler. And those organic chants are just the best when they happen. <clears throat> then as Garcia was about to shake the hand of Brian Danielson, Jericho gets in the ring, attacks Danielson from behind, uh, but Garcia sort of pulled him off. Uh, they have sort of a, a stare down. Garcia's conflicted over who to leave with. Excellent, excellent stuff. The match was, I think, for the second week running, we've had a match on Dynamite that would go in match of the year conversations. Um, in a later segment, Jericho and 2.0 were backstage and... Jericho tells Garcia next week he wants answers. Um, which side is he on? So it's going to continue. Uh, Ricky Steamboat walked up to them and basically all ended up with Steamboat chopping Cool Hand Ange. I do wish they found a way of doing this in the ring because I think the fans would have popped for that chop from Steamboat. Varsity Blondes then get jobbed out to the gun club in under a minute. And I'm going to be honest and say I have no problem with it whatsoever. We've been told that Varsity Blondes are geeks, really. Um, they've not been shown as anything else. Um, 
so yeah, I'm fine with this. After the match, Billy Gunn tells his sons that he's proud of them. Stokely halfway starts walking out and then Austin and Colton turn on their own dad. The acclaimed come out to make the save and Daddy ass scissors with his sons, the acclaimed. Look, it was all rushed. Um, but I love this. I'm really, really looking forward to the entertainment that we're going to get from both of these groups. I thought it was great. Really great. There's then a trio's match set up for All Out, and I do not know how I feel about it, because it's going to be Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh versus Wardlow and FTR. I think... Personally, it is a crime after the year that FTR have had that they are just being thrown in a trios match with, you know, with three guys that do not have great vibes about them. Um, Wardlow probably deserves a lot better as no does deserve a lot better than this. Um. I don't like it. I think FTR versus Swerve and Our Glory is the match, as the Young Bucks are in the trios tournament, but... Nope, we're getting this. Jungle Boy then comes out for a promo. Uh, he cuts on Christian Cage. He challenges him to a match at All Out. Christian comes out and pretty much bitches out and then a mad brawl breaks out between the two. I think on any other show this would have been fine but it really suffered from being on the same show as Punk and Moxley. Um, you know, the, the whole Jungle Boy stamping on Christian Cage's arm on the steps... Should have felt bigger. I am looking forward to the match at All Out, which I'm, I assume is going to happen, but it, this didn't feel right because of placement, I think. We then had a match between Kylan King and Tony Storm, which was decent. But the fans are so programmed to not care about the women's division because AW just chuck them in the same spot every week, the death spot. Um, and they need to do something with this women's division. Because like I said, this match was decent. Um, King gave a great account of herself. And Storm looks brilliant. I have a feeling she may beat Thunder Rosa all out. And I think... That's a pretty good idea because I think Thunder Rosa um, the Thunder Rosa character has sort of run its course a little bit. I think she needs a character change. I don't think the fans react to her in the same way they used to. But that can be said about the whole women's division. Um, such a shame because it is stacked and they need to do more with these women. And then we had the main event between Andrade, Rush, and Dragon Lee, 
versus the Young Bucks and the returning Kenny Omega, who got an incredible reaction, as expected, really. Um, I'm going to say the negatives first. And I've got to be honest, the match wasn't that great. Uh, there were a few mistakes and sort of bumping into each other, especially between like Andrade and Roosh. But I'm also going to say I do not care about any of that because this was all about Kenny Omega. Uh, and the story that he told in this match was incredible. The way he sold his injuries and how much of a struggle being back in the ring after months away was just so great. Um, it's all going to play into this story of Kenny rediscovering his form and almost relearning how to do things over the next few weeks and months. I'm all in for it. Uh, the Terminator dive tease was so inspired because when he eventually hits that people are gonna go mental and no matter what you think about Kenny Omega if you've been a bit brainwashed by the likes of Jim Cornette and others <coughs> you know just ignore Cornette and just watch the reaction of the people there Kenny Omega is one of the greatest storytellers in professional wrestling, one of the best there is. I just, I'm so happy that he's back. Um, I also want to put over the Dragon Lee spot where he dived through the ropes onto Kenny, who was sat on the barricade, and they sort of flew into the crowd. <clears throat> that was awesome. Uh, Kenny and the Bucks won the match after Kenny hit the one-winged angel on Dragon Lee. And it, that was sold brilliantly as well, like he was gassed up. Uh, so good. After the match, um, Roosh and Andrade turn on Dragon Lee and demask him. That felt very, very rushed, uh, like they ran out of time. And it wasn't really allowed to sink in. Hopefully they do revisit it next week or something. But yeah, it was a little bit weird. But Kenny Omega's back. That's all that matters. Uh, so for me, that was one of the best Dynamites of the year so far. And they sort of showed what they can do when the roster is near to full strength. I can't wait to see what happens next week in that title match and anything else that's going to happen. Um, but I'd love to hear what you thought of any of the shows that I've talked about on this podcast or any other wrestling that you've watched. Maybe you watched the G1 Climax. Uh, I haven't watched it yet. I do know the result. But let me know, and you can do so by getting in touch on Twitter I am at AdamChalk8 on there. While you're at it, please subscribe, comment and leave a review to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts from. I will be back 
on Sunday, I think, or maybe Monday, to discuss SmackDown and Rampage and so much more from the weekend's wrestling. But until then, I've been Adam Chalk. Thank you for listening, and I will see you next time.